Hello and welcome to Unpacking the Case. In this Building Blocks episode, we'll be looking at Street and Mountford, a 1985 House of Lords case. Yeah, it's about the lease licence distinction. It's uh, one of the most important cases of recent history. Uh, the background, basically. Um, leases are property rights, which uh, bind third parties. Uh, was accepted as long ago as 1278 in the Statute of Gloucester. Uh, if you're interested. But uh, licenses aren't property rights and they're purely contractual. They don't find third party purchases. So if you were to sell the land subject to a license, the licensee has got uh, well, no ability to stay. Leases have various types of security of tenure. For instance, you know, unless you've excluded the landlord and tenant act 1954 and a business tenancy or come within the 54 landlord and tenant act. Um, but over the years, there have been a series of rent acts, which was what this was when they started off in uh, something called the well, shorter title as the Rent Restrictions Act of 1915 to protect munitions workers who were threatening to go on strike if they weren't protected from being evicted during the First World War. Piece of uh, um, David Lloyd, Lloyd George legislation. Um, but this case was about the 1977 Rent Act, um, uh, which um, still applies if the original short-term leases were created prior to January the 15th, 1989, but as of that date was replaced by assured and assured short-old tenancies, to some extent because of this case, actually. Um, residential leases under the Rent Acts would have uh, quite, quite sort of, uh, quite stringent security of tenure. It'd be very, very difficult to get rid of tenants. There was, um, uh, well, there was something called a protected shorthold that came in 1980, but similar to an assured shorthold, but with that proviso, it was very, very difficult to be rid of tenants. And also they could claim under the rent tax, not under the housing act and assured tenancies, but they could claim something called a fair rent, which at the time at least would reduce your rent quite dramatically, especially in places like London. And I suppose the other thing in residential short leases of less than seven years duration is the landlord's responsible for the repairs of the structure and exterior, the installations and likes the space and water heating. So landlords would be very, very reluctant back in the 70s and first, well, most of the 1980s to, to create leases. And what they do is call them licenses. Well, so essentially they'd avoid um, going with leases because that would then give them some liabilities to maintain yeah. certain things whereas a license they could contractually oblige their tenant to do whatever they wanted them to but basically there is no statutory control of licenses very little yeah. there's there's protection from eviction that you're entitled to you know four weeks uh, notice periods if it's a dwelling but and you can't sort of you know forcibly evict you know people in licenses any more than in leases so they'd call things licenses. There'd been a case, a court of appeal case back in uh, 1978 called Sommer and Hazelhurst, whereby it was a bit of a test case for things that were happening all over the place. They were a young married couple were the occupiers and they were given what was purportedly a, a license agreement. And it's, uh, they were given separate agreements, you know, both you know, not on the same title, which you know, would, would be unusual for tenants. And uh, they, the agreement said that they could be required to share with a third party, the mind boggles. Um, but uh, the Court of Appeal said it's called a license agreement and it's a license agreement. 
And back in the late 70s in particular, the first half of the 1980s, you may as well not have had rent act protection at the time because you know, landlords all over the country were calling things licenses. And that was the case uh, in the Street and Mountford case, the Court of Appeal agreed with this, but this case went to the House of Lords. So what happened at the House of Lords? Well, yeah, I'll, I'll mention a little bit of the background. Uh, Roger Street's actually a, a solicitor in Bournemouth, mm -hmm. who I know. Um, the, uh, a claim to fame. Yeah, it turns up my courses. Uh, he, he, he's a nice man, but he lost the case. Uh, but uh, they, uh, he'd uh, granted a, purportedly a licence agreement to Ms. Mumford uh, for a place in Boscombe. In near Bournemouth uh, pool. Uh, it was five um, St. Clement's Gardens, if you're interested in it. It was a weekly rent uh, that they had to pay, but the agreement said that we could give you 14 days' notice at any time, notice in writing. And uh, also, they signed something, and this was commonplace at the time, but they signed something that said that uh, I understand. The license does not give me any protection and is not intended to give me any protection under the rent tax. Um, and basically, uh, she argued at a later stage, all the way to the House of Lords, that this was in fact a lease. As I mentioned, the Court of Appeal decided it was a license, but the House of Lords said that normally you're either got a lease or you're a lodger. You're a lodger, you've got a genuine license. You know, you've got no exclusive possession of the property. And if you're you know, receiving sort of meals and the likes in the premises. Uh, but uh, here they said that that wasn't the case. And if you've got exclusive possession for a term at a rent, for a certain duration at a rent, it's, it's going to be a lease. And save in exceptional circumstances, they said. And the major judgment was Lord Templeman, who's also gave a major, major judgment from Roman Stevens, actually. And he basically said that uh, a five-pronged instrument, which has been manufactured for manual digging, uh, is a fork, even if the uh, manufacturer uh, maintains that it's a spade. He actually missed the fact that forks have got four prongs, not five, but who are we to discuss that? So it doesn't matter what it's called. If there's exclusive possession for a term at a rent, albeit peppercorn rent unless there's an exceptional circumstance it's a lease so all the all over the country these license agreements suddenly became rent out protected tenancies at the time it is one of the major reasons that back in well, the 88 housing that came in as i said in 1985 on january the 15th and introduced a short and a short short holds and as of 19 the housing act 1996 the, the short holds were the norm they didn't have to be sort of expressly created and uh, there's a lot of exceptions so what would constitute an exceptional circumstance well we mentioned one would certainly be lodgings um service occupier like a caretaker would be another mm -hmm. one for better performance of your job and there have been a few 1950s cases on things like family arrangements um a place called errington and errington in 1952 where you grant your your son the uh, right to occupy premises because it's a family transaction. In the world of commercial premises, um, you get uh, things like soulless agreements, petrol stations where you must buy, you know, you, you must 
sell just the licensors products and the likes the premises can't interfere with their staff on site so there are exceptions but if in doubt it's a lease with regardless of what it's called and there's lots of agreements out there that call themselves licenses which certainly aren't thank you richard and thank you to everyone who's listening in you've been listening to unpacking the case the podcast by david jones bold the real estate law specialists